Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 105 with our guests, Ken Lewicki and Kim Wirch. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is Ken Lewicki, who is a channeler, Reiki master, and a past life regression healer. Can't wait to dig into all of those. For over a decade, he has honed his spiritual abilities to connect directly with a person's being, their guides, and the angels and archangels who assist him in determining the exact areas where they need assistance. Through one-on-one Skype sessions or in large groups, Ken specializes in teaching people how to connect with their spirit guides. These powerful training sessions help clients identify who their guides are and how to receive information from them. It's important to receive clear messages from our guides so they can better assist us in achieving our soul's purpose for incarnating in this lifetime. Ken works with his partner, Kim Wirch, author of Waking Up an Empath and Awakened Empath. Together, they do one-on-one healing sessions, training workshops, and spiritual development classes around North America. They offer infinite infinity healings where Kim and Ken heal large groups of people. They facilitate leading-edge channeling workshops, empath development courses, and Reiki Master and Akashic Records certification programs. For bookings, private message them directly, and you can take it from there. Help me welcome to the show, Ken Lewicki and Kim Wirch. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I don't even know where to begin, but we'll begin at the top here. Um, I want to hear this from, from both of you as per your own definition. We'll, we'll set the tone. Ken, you, you listed yourself as a channeler, a Reiki master, and a past life regression healer. I yes. know conceptually what a Reiki master is and does, uh, but with that included, channeler, what is that? What exactly element is that? And past life regression healer, educate me, please. <laughs> well, I started out my spiritual journey back in 2004, 2005, 
but I started really going full out into it in about 2009, 2010, and just started learning anything and everything I possibly could. And what I did is I started learning how to channel my dad, actually my deceased father who died in 2001. And he started coming to me um, and I started learning to channel him, but it took me like a long time learning the ropes, trying to figure out what it was and who it was. And then over time I started to channel my grandfather and I started to channel him and I figured that out. And then between the two of them, I actually learned how to channel my spirit guides. And there are spirit guides of people like you and I, just in non-physical form. And nowadays we have technology that I can actually see them and capture them. We live in a great era. Yeah, called curly on photography. And you know, like on those ghost hunter shows, you can actually see them physically around you, right? So it's really practical and tangible for those skeptics out there. And what took me years and years and years to learn how to do now I teach people how to do them in like one hour one-on-one -on -one sessions or six and a half hour channeling workshops that I do online with people all over the place, basically. So you help people do what? Be able to channel who they want, including deceased, and see their spirit guides in that way? See, hear, get messages from them. Um, I focus mostly on their spirit guides only. And the reason why is because I want to make sure that they're getting <clears throat> messages that are specific to them. Each of our guides help us with different areas of our life, Go ahead. You know, relationships, finances, um, career, personal development, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And so what I do is I help t people instead of just getting these, oh, I love you kind of messages, general stuff. I help them to get very specific messages and directions from their guides and how they can do it so that when I'm not around, they can do it on their own. It's all about empowering the people. A couple of questions. One, is this the next step to our intuition? Is it down that path? And also, can anybody achieve this? What must a person, where must they be mentally, if not more, in order to really have this succeed? Well, Kim and I, we will do workshops where we'll fill the room full of 20, 30, 50 people. And by the end of the workshop, two hours later, everybody's channeling their spirit guides. Okay. So pretty much everybody can. There's the odd exception, very rare, where some people need some healing or stuff like that, um, or some clearing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But very rarely, but most people, they're ready to go. Most of us are already doing it. I just mm -hmm. teach you how to do it intentionally, on purpose, and make it so it's like an everyday kind of thing, part of your life, and to help you develop and hone those abilities so that you know when it's your thoughts, when it's your guides, when it's your thoughts, when it's your guides. Oh. And it's actually easier than people think. It's more simpler. It takes practice. It takes work. But over time and working with someone like me who can help, help guide them through it, um, like people, we've, we've had people who are phenomenal channelers now. Like they yeah. channel all the time in any industry that they're in. It doesn't matter. It's all useful information. I love the difference, as you said, when it's a thought and when it's your guide. What is the difference there? It's, at first, it's very subtle and it's very hard to tell. And that's how I teach people. As I, I, over taking them through practice and developing their abilities, that gap will start to widen between your thoughts and your, what you're hearing from your guides, what your thoughts and what, you, what messages you're getting from your guides. And it starts to widen over time. And then over time, you're like, oh, that's my thoughts. And it's okay. My thoughts are important. But right now, let's just put those aside. And I just want to hear from my guides. Right? Mm. So, so it does take practice. And it's very subtle at the beginning. 
but over time it widens. Now, is that, are, when we're talking about um, messages and information from your guides, are we talking about things like what we should do next, how we should handle a decision, how we should feel about certain things? Absolutely, you got it. So That's basically, um, if you're looking at a career change, you would go to your guide who helps you with that specific area mm. and be like, okay, what, what do I do? And they're like, no, just stay at your job for now. And meanwhile, you can look at either education or you could like, they'll guide you as to what the next steps would be. Same thing with relationships, same thing with finances, same thing with personal development. You know, should I, is it my best interest to take this uh, development, spiritual development workshop? Like, should I take the Reiki training or the Akashic Records training or whatever kind of, and then they'll guide you on that. They'll give you very specific direction. Wow. I want to connect the dots now, bring Kim into this conversation, because I know, Kim, um, on, your, on your bio, uh, you, among other things, you list yourself as a healer, psychic, and medium. I'd love to hear the, the, the general, perhaps broad or specific differences and nuances and how they connect or not connect to what Ken just laid out for us. Uh, yeah, what Ken does from me is distinctly very, very different. We're very much opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I started out doing energy work, just standard Reiki, Reiki, just regular channeling energy through my body, comes through my hands and using that for the purposes of healing. That was my beginning of my journey. Um, from there, things just kept developing continuously. Um, before I'd met Ken, I was um, having a lot of angels showing up, a lot of um, different people showing up. I had people showing up beside my bed in the middle of the night, scaring the bloody daylights out of me. <laughs> and I, I didn't understand at that time that it was because I was a medium or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I wasn't, I didn't understand why I had dead people showing up asking me for help. I didn't understand wow. why I had angels coming and bugging me to publish my book. And I didn't understand any of those things, right? It was very um, scary and uh, confusing. And I was pretty sure I was going to get locked up into the insane asylum any day because I was very left brain, you know, mm. very much in IT my whole life, didn't really have any set belief systems. And so all of this craziness that was going on for me ended up in my first book, Waking Up an Empath. And so I talked about that journey and, and a lot of people that read it tell me I'm telling their story because it seems to be similar right across the board. Those of us have gone through a spiritual awakening, very similar experiences. Maybe not exactly the same, but the thoughts are the same and the, the feelings are the same and a lot of you know, the things that take place are very similar. A lot of people told me they had, you know, family showing up or soul showing up. And, and so I was like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe I should pursue this. And so I continued pursuing it and eventually realized that um, I was doing more, more than just healing. I was doing so much more. The information I was getting, apparently not everybody got that. And I didn't understand that at the time, but as I utilized the information that was granted to me, given to me, it just kept helping more and more people. You know, my energy protection blend that I developed for empaths like myself, I got that formula from an archangel and I didn't know it was going to work until we actually put it to the test and actually used it on real people and discovered that it was actually really helping them. 
And so what Ken does is, is very much direct communication with souls and angels and stuff. It's mm -hmm. similar to what I do. I do communicate with them in a sort of channeling fashion. But for me, it's more comprehensive than that. I use many clair abilities in my methods. So because I am clairaudient, that means I can hear messages and certain things. I'm clairvoyant, which means I get lots of visuals, so I can kind of put the two together. I get a lot of um, clairalliance, so I can smell spiritual things that are not actually in the room. I get um, clairknowing, it's uh, called claircognizant, where I just know things, but I can't explain how I know it. But then when I apply it, it turns out I can prove that that was accurate. Um, I'm also clairsentient, so I get a lot of um, feelings and stuff. And so when you put all of those clair abilities together, you get a clearer picture. You know, you have the seeing, the hearing, the knowing, the feeling, and it makes it more tangible, more real for me. I can explain things better. I get more information that way. And I've used that to my advantage for helping other people. I, I've turned that into um, healing work. I've, I've, I use my skills, my psychic skills, to focus mostly on healing. And um, I also turn that into workshops, actually workshops that I've written and developed. And, and um, you know, some of them I teach with Ken, a lot of them I teach on my own. And I develop people to do what I can do, or at least as close as I can get them. And so I have many, I think I sat down the other day and realized that we had about 15 workshops approximately that we're offering now because it's just grown. Wow. Yeah. You, I love this. You talk about um, being a healer and healing. Put that in a practical sense for somebody who doesn't know, me included specifically. What does that mean? What are you healing? What problem or issue do I have that you are healing? You know, some of my clients think I can heal anything, but honestly, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they feel like it is because they come to me with an issue and it's like, well, okay, we could probably help you with that. Um, honestly, it can be anything from... Uh, physical, emotional, uh, spiritual, meaning like your abilities are blocked in some ways, emotional, everybody stores emotional energy in their body. They pack it in there like squirrels. They stick it around their organs. They sit, like it's brutal. <laughs> True. And so I clean that stuff out and they realize after when that's cleared out, hey, I can breathe. Like I can actually take a deep breath or that pain that was in some part of my body is suddenly gone or that headache I had gone or, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And I know you guys work both virtually and of course you guys are rocking all these in-person workshops. I'm following along your Facebook group and I see your events tab is always full and that's incredible. But you also do it virtually, which, which fascinates me. So take somebody like me, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, even, even like a year or two ago when I was in my dark places. If I came to you and just said, guys, I'm, I'm willing, work with me. I don't know, but I, where do we begin? How do we begin? You don't have to really tell me anything. You okay. just say, I need your help, but you have to figure it out because I don't really know what I need or I don't know what I want, or I just don't understand this stuff. That would be 
or yes. this is my problem or, or this something is that I identify. Okay, yeah. fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Go either way. It really doesn't matter. Okay. So say you actually know what your issue is and you come in and you say, this is my issue. I want to work on this. I go, okay, we'll look at that, but I'm going to look at you as a whole mm -hmm. and figure out everything that's going on. I'm going to look at you and go, what is actually the root cause of your problem? Because what you're telling me is just a symptom. It might not actually be the thing that is the problem, right? That could just be manifesting. That's just, that's just a symptom that's manifesting from the deeper issue. So I look at you as a whole and I assess you very quickly, usually psychically. Ken will check with your guides to see what they say is going on and what their observations are and what they recommend. And then I take all that information and I decide what to do in the moment. And it really doesn't matter to me if you're in the room or if you're far away. The only difference for you would be if you're in the room, you're going to feel more. Even though I never touch any of my clients, not intentionally anyways, you will feel the heat or the coolness or the vibrations or the tingling or you will get more sensation when you're in person, just because you're closer to the energy work that's being done. If you're mm. further away, you might not realize in the moment that I'm working on you, but what you will notice is the results. Ken, is there, is, is there something you can provide a listener that they can begin to do first if they are struggling or feel blocked? Or is it just show up and you sort of have to, to do the work? Is there something that we on our own can, can take away? And well, there's a couple things. There's a couple things to that. First of all, I, I usually recommend, if possible, if they want to um, do healing because then that clears them up before they do the spiritual development and training. Um, but for us, basically what I, what Kim and I can do is we can basically identify the root cause of whatever, whatever it is that they're struggling with. And it might be stuff that they don't even realize. They mm. might, it might be stuff that, Oh, okay. I have five things that I'm dealing with, but they don't know that they come to us with the third thing on the list, but we're like, no, we're going to take care of the big things and get the third and fourth and fifth one as well. And the root causes of it. And I, I mean, if they want to send an attention and stuff like that, that helps as well. But it doesn't really matter. We go way beyond that. And we're able to identify the different aspects of, of what makes up a human. Um, in Kim's second book, Awakened Empath, there's a chapter called Sophisticated Beings. And it goes into like the, the depth of how many aspects make up a human. And since the writing of this book, we've actually discovered many more aspects that make up a human and so we're able to go in and heal those different aspects to get to the root cause of whatever challenges our clients are going through and that's awesome because they get results which yeah. is people go to healers for what they want to get results right yes and that's why people get results with us and then they tell people who tell people who tell people they're like you got to see this kim and ken couple because they're going to help you get results that you've been struggling with and honestly we get a lot of people who've tried everything and then they finally come to us and a lot of times we're able to help them. So that's great. Hmm. A lot of times for last resort. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Talk to me about Akashic Records. I only this year came onto my radar and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm always up for this conversation. What is it? Uh, so Akashic Records is, think of it as an esoteric library that holds every detail about you. 
And I mean every detail. I mean every emotion you've ever had, every thought you've ever had, every experience you've ever had in this lifetime, in all lifetimes, any interaction you've ever had. It's like a big database that just is continuously recording everything constantly. And because it's just like a database, it's just, if you imagine a video camera that's just recording, it's completely objective. Mm -hmm. there, there's no right or wrong. There's no nothing. It's just recorded as it is. And that's very powerful, although can be, it's very advanced to get into Akashic Records work because you can imagine when you get in there, how vast that is. Now, how do you find anything? How do you narrow down the scope of what you're looking for? How do you, I mean, a lot of people will get in there and they're so overwhelmed by the vastness of it and they don't know where to go there. They almost freeze because they're like, I don't, I just don't know what to do first. And, you know, we can do quite a bit of healing in the Akashic records, although we can't heal everything in there. It records everything. And there's some things that we can change within there that can help you in your everyday life. But there's a lot of things that exist outside of the Akashic records that has to be changed elsewhere. However, I can go into the Akashic Records to get the information I need to go outside of it to make the changes required to help you heal. So to so put this into perspective, um, I come to you as a business person and you would use that as a tool. You would access my Akashic Records to, to learn, to pull, to browse, to see, to assist, to, to find what you need and then apply it. Do I have that concept Absolutely. right? Yeah. Imagine if you were having troubles with your business. Okay. Like you go in there and figure out why. Can I, I'll give you a very specific example. In my case, Please. before I him, is I always struggled with two, two areas. One was celibacy. So um, basically with sex issues. And the reason was because in a past lifetime, I was a nun. And in that lifetime, I made a vow of, of uh, celibacy, meaning I wasn't able to have sex with anyone. Right. Well, that wasn't serving me in this lifetime. And so Kim was able to help clear that in my cash records. Right. Because it was affecting me. Right? right. The other big one. And for business owners was I had a very big struggle with finances. And this really affected like I could not bring in finances for the life of me. And the reason was because, again, in that past lifetime, I was a nun and I had to give everything away. I wasn't allowed to acquire anything. So I made a vow to do that. And that was written etched into my Akashic records. And then so when Kim helped to clear that, and there was a bunch of other Isn't stuff it like around. like a vow of poverty or something Vow like of that? poverty, I yeah. that's what it is. A vow yeah. of poverty. And then there was a few other components. And I found that, I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I'm just getting goosebumps right now talking yeah. about it. As soon as that was cleared, like then we were able to manifest money like crazy. So I tried like, you know, the, the law of attraction techniques. I tried yeah. all that stuff. Nothing, none of that could have worked for me because it was so etched into my, my, the vow of poverty was etched in my, into my cash yeah. records. So this is real practical, useful stuff that helps people in real everyday lives. I mean, unless you want to be poor for the rest of your life, <laughs> then don't leave it. You know, it's yeah. your call. So talk to me about a past life and what our souls have been through. So how do we view this? Our souls carry on and have an eternity of past lives that they've been through that we are just now uh, in the physical form experiencing. Our past lives, basically, some of, the, some of our past lives can carry over and affect us into this lifetime, but not all of them. Some of them do more than others, and certain 
challenges and issues also affect us. But we also, what a lot of people don't realize is we also bring a lot of good stuff from our past lives into this lifetime. We are, every lifetime that we go through, we're, we're growing, we're learning, we're evolving as souls, as beings, as humans. And, and that's great. That's wonderful. But there's some things in there from your past lives that we need to clear and, and heal so that it's not affecting our present day lifetime. For example, um, I was doing, uh, a lady had a phobia on spiders. And so three past lifetimes, she had a, had, was bitten by spiders and died. And so I helped to clear some of that. And then now she sees spiders. She doesn't like them, but at least she doesn't freak out like she used to. Right? So hmm. our past lives really do affect who we are today. Some of it serves us. Some of it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'd love to, to, to learn more about your current lives. Back in the day, if you each can just take us through, what was life like growing up as a young child for each of you? Um, for me, I didn't know anything about anything. Like none of this stuff existed in my world. Uh, spirituality didn't exist in my world. Uh, even religion was not something practiced in my household. We didn't have any particular belief systems. Um, so I never really learned any of that stuff. It wasn't until I was a teenager that I actually went to church for the first time because one of my best friend's family always went to church. So that was actually my first experience with church. And uh, I think I annoyed the pastor a lot because I sure had a lot of questions for him and I wasn't satisfied with a lot of his answers. Uh, So I think it was around being a teenager that I decided to be an atheist, which means I believed in nothing. And I'm not talking like just God or anything like that. I mean, I believed in nothing. As far as I was concerned about the whole death thing, you know, you die, dust to dust, food for the bugs, we're done. And if that's not the case, I'll figure that out when I die and I'll admit I'm wrong and all. I just, it wasn't a concern for me. It didn't bother me because I wasn't taught to believe that it should be a concern. So I didn't believe in heaven or hell or any of those things. None of that existed in my world. So you can imagine my shock when I become an adult of 36 years old and all of a sudden all this stuff starts happening. I'm like, uh oh. I have no beliefs. I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist. I don't know what to do now. (laughs) But when I was a kid, I realized later, I realized after talking to my mom a lot and stuff, I asked her one day, I said, mom, did I have um, imaginary friends? And she's like, oh yeah. She's like, you would sit in your room. Yeah, I got goosebumps. She's like, you would sit in your room. You would talk for hours. And what I didn't tell her was what the angels had told me. It was that I, I would sit in my room and talk to them because as a child, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't told that I shouldn't believe in them. And it, it didn't occur to me that because they weren't physical, I couldn't necessarily communicate with them. So I just did it and I would have tea parties with them and I would chit chat with them. And because my childhood was very difficult, I had a very violent uh, childhood, mm. very, very rough. And one day I remember, and I, I, you know, it was almost like it was blocked for the longest time. It wasn't until I was an adult that I remembered all this. I think it was about seven years old. And uh, I was, I was hurt and upset and angry. And I wanted to lash out at somebody. And the only ones I could lash out at were the angels that I often communicated with. And I basically blame them for for my pain or for not protecting me or for not helping me or, or not being there for me. I blame them. And I say, I don't want to see you and I don't want to talk to you and just leave me alone. And it almost created like a shade 
where it did kind of block them out and I didn't communicate with them. And when I was 36 and they started coming back into my life again, this angel showed me this image and I bawled for, <laughs> I was brutal. She showed me an image that they were always there. Even though I shut them out, they were still with me all, the whole time. They never left my side. And I cried so hard about that. And I felt so bad about that, shutting them out and blaming them for something that was not their wow. fault. Yeah, it was really powerful for me. And it really helped me heal a lot. What career path were you on, though, this whole time before 36? You know, I'm still on it. <laughs> I still actually <laughs> work full time for the government. in what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm actually um, in a management type role in IT and I help manage transportation division, which is massive for the company I work for. And I direct them strategically in their IT business and, and in their goals and things. Yeah, it's... Is, is so there overlap? Pardon me? Is there overlap with all of this conversation? Is there application in that from you to them? Oh. I mean, the skills, yes. The work, I mean, no, it's completely separate. They're completely separate things. Right, but I mean, are you doing any of that work, bringing it into that job out of curiosity? Um, the spiritual stuff into my day job, no. The, the skills from my day job into my personal business, all the time, very much. That's probably why I'm such a good entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Why? What specifically are you bringing in? Well, my IT skills for one are phenomenal. I mean, I manage my own website. I manage my own videos. We do our, Ken is phenomenal at recording videos for me and advertising and, you know, marketing. I'm a writer and my, my typing and everything. Um, my bookkeeping, like I've got bookkeeping skills. So I do all my own bookkeeping and um, all the business tracking and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I have to hire out help now because it's just, too much. I don't have time for it all. But, you know, I have all those skills that I can apply. And I mean, Zoom, and that's how I'm able to take things online and, yeah. and you know, teaching. A lot of people are terrified of using Zoom, right? They're terrified <laughs> of the IT stuff. And so I'm constantly showing people how simple it can be, how easy it is, uh, our social media advertising, you know, all of that. That's all me. Wow. Yeah. All right, Ken, growing up. Yeah, for me, I'm also in IT, or used to be in IT, so I, I get it. Like, we're, what's cool about Kim and I is we're just your average, everyday kind of people, and we're not some woo-woo kind of weird, like, wacko people. We're, like, this is real practical, useful <laughs> <Wow>. stuff. <laughs> not that we think other people are wacko. But, like, like, it's just we're just real normal, everyday kind of people. Uh, when I was growing up, I always used to get, like, talk to like as a kid playing, talking to my friends as well, or like, you know, my spiritual friends, and I didn't know who they were. And I used to get goosebumps all the time. Um, this one time I went to my mom and I was just curious. I was like, hey mom, who's this Jesus guy? And she's like, don't you ever say that word again in this household. I'm like, no, but I'm just wondering, like people talk about Jesus and I don't care, don't you ever? And she just got super angry with me about bringing up this Jesus person. So that was my childhood. Like we never talked about religion. We never talked about spirituality. We never talked about any of that. So anytime I got, anytime I got those goosebumps, or I got like these feelings or I could hear messages from my guides, I, I had no one to talk to. So I just shut it down. Why was she so against talking to Jesus? Usually a parent will embrace the religious. Yeah, that's, that's her story. She had a upbringing where it didn't go very well in the church and stuff like that. Yeah. But basically that was projected onto me and we never talked about any of that stuff in our household. 
So mm. fast forward in 2004, 2005, I started having a spiritual awakening and I was like kind of open to this stuff. And then next thing I know, I started feeling all this, you know, all this uh, spirits and guides and, and, and I was like, well, this is cool. Like, let's figure this out. And one of the things that really is closest to my heart is um, I had a child that was eight years old and came to me at a spirit expo. His mom brought him, brought him to me and she's like, yeah, he's really afraid to sleep at nighttime. Can you help her out? Because I know what you do. So I, I sent the mom away and I sat down with the boy and I, I, I said, what's going on? And he said, well, I keep feeling these presents in my room and I don't know what to do about it. Wow. And so I checked. I'm like, okay, well, it's actually one of his guides. So I invited his guide to come forward to him and he got to meet his guide. And I, she, he's like, yeah, uh, your spirit guide, he wants you to like put your hand into her and feel her. So as soon as he did that, he's like, cool and he just big smile and i go yeah she's your friend and she's here to help you and you can welcome that embrace that like that's she's good get to know her and you have other guides like this that are here to help you and for that changed his whole life trajectory right there because his mom's open to it i was able to explain to him what it was that's nothing to be afraid of that they're here to help him and that's why it fills my heart to help teach people how to channel their spirit guides and i work mostly with adults now right but that's just an example of teaching the parents so that they can teach their kids so they don't go through the same upbringing that Kim and I did where we weren't allowed to explore this area of our life, which is so important. What kind of process is involved with um, accessing your spirit guides? Is there something you can, you can give us to get on there? On yeah, that so the first thing I recommend people do is they sit quiet. Um, normally like in a one-on-one -on -one session, which I would recommend people book with me is I, I take them through a very easy, um, simple process. I, I say, okay, where's your guide physically around you? So I make sure I invite one of their guides to come forward. Where are they physically around you? Cause when you physically can know, and again, we have camera systems and technology now that could capture that back in 2004, 2005, we didn't have that stuff, but we do now, which is cool. And get them to actually hone in on where they are physically around them. And then get them to use, as Kim explained, the different clarabilities, they're called clarabilities, to help them receive the messages. And then I guide them through, okay, what is your guide telling you now? And then I help to confirm what the messages that they're getting. So it's a very cool process. And then I could take them to, depending on where, how they grow, I could take them to super, super advanced techniques, helping them get very specific, practical direction in their lives. It's really cool. Wow. Kim, you talk a lot about empath. Define that for us. What exactly is that? Empath is somebody who would probably have been labeled sensitive their whole life. Um, they're basically, their physical body, they're a finely tuned instrument. So their heightened awareness to everything around them makes them an empath. Uh, you've heard of the term highly sensitive person. Okay, well, times that by a thousand, and then you have an empath. There are people who can experience and feel the subtleties of life. They, they pick up on energy, which means they pick up on emotions. So if you're experiencing a strong emotion, they're gonna recognize it, they're gonna feel it, they're gonna be aware of it, even probably before you are. They will know how you feel before you do. It's not really great in relationships because a lot of us <laughs> tend to be like, you feel like this. And they're like, no, I don't. <laughs> can cause some arguments. <laughs> um, they can pick up on the subtleties of someone is lying. 
They pick up on body language really easily. They pick up on um, illness. A lot of us can tell if somebody's sick just by the way they feel. Either it's it's a matter of reading energy and interpreting it. And it yeah. takes some skill. What's the connection in, in your life uh, that, that both of your books address that, right? Has empath in the title. Is it that you are one waking up an empath uh, and the third to be released? Uh, is, it, is it just that you are one? So that's who you talk to. Is there a benefit for people identifying if they are all of the above? Yes, 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 definitely. I am an empath for sure. I did write about it in my first book. There is a quiz in my first book to determine if you are an empath or not. There is, the quiz is also on my website, kimworch.com. So if people are wondering if they might be an empath, that quiz is designed to be very definitive. If you get 15 or more that you're yes for sure, then there is no doubt about it, you're an empath. And, and what do we do with that information? Well, it helps them to understand who they are and why they've been a certain way their whole life. It starts to explain why they stood out like a sore thumb, why they couldn't fit in, why they were picked on, why they were so sensitive, why they would cry so easily. And a lot of their emotions that they're experiencing weren't even their own. They were other people's, but they didn't know. Right? So that's kind of important information to have. I would say. The cool thing about Kim's books is that what we teach people and what's taught in these two books is that it's not just about being an empath because a lot of people think that being an empath is a bad thing. Oh, I'm sensitive. I, you know, all this. It's actually a good thing when you learn how to use it. It's actually a superpower. When you get healthy and become a healthy empath and you're healed and heal, you know, more healthier and clearer, and you can learn to use those sensitivities as a good thing to help yourself and to help others in a positive way, you can become an amazing person in the world to really like benefit the world. And that's what we teach people to do. Empower them that being an empath is a cool thing. I want to hear uh, a time from, from you guys. My brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, founded on the idea that I spent a lifetime hiding in fear right? Showing up as a version of the person I thought others expected me to be. Can you share a time with us, perhaps in business, in this business, where you were just frozen in fear or confronted with fear and you had to work through it? Um, I'll start real quick. The biggest thing for me was actually in 2004, I actually sobered up. So I was a full-blown alcoholic. I had major alcohol drug problems. And that's actually what led to my spiritual awakening, the beginning of it. And I would never tell anybody any any of that ever because I was afraid I'd be judged or they would classify me as someone that like – we all know someone who has a drinking problem probably, right? Well, am I like that person? Am I that – you know, abusive drunk, am I going to relapse? And, you know, like, can you trust me? And all that stuff would run through my mind. And then it took me about five to 10 years before I started to slowly share it with people. And I was shocked at how it was actually the reverse. Like people would actually be like, wow, really? And you like, I'm proud of you. And I, 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 and they still trusted me and being authentic was actually, and being vulnerable was actually really hard for me. And I found that the more vulnerable I was, the more people actually respected that. So that's probably my biggest one. I love that. Uh, I, I love all that. So, so relate to that. For me, anytime I do something new, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> so I do it anyways. <laughs> I was terrified to publish my first book and really put myself out there in the public because once, once you make something public, 
you can't take it back. And I'm a very public figure, right? Anything I put out there, there's no retracting it once it's out. And so I was terrified to put out my first book. I was terrified to put out my second book. I was terrified to do my first videos and interviews. Yeah, there you right? go. Absolutely petrified of that. I did yeah. not like that Especially idea. Especially video online, like video, video. Yeah, believe it or yeah. not, I'm actually a very private person and I actually don't enjoy being in the public. And it was Archangel Raziel, who I work with the most, was constantly pushing me to do new things. Well, you need to get this book out there. You need to, you need to do this video. You need to do healing in public groups. I'm like, first time we did infinity healing and group of 30 people show up. I'm like, Oh my God, what if I fail at this? My first time doing this, this could go terribly wrong. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can do this. If it doesn't work, I'll give everybody a refund. <laughs> you yeah. know, it'll, it'll be okay. And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. Wow. And that was like two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Looking back for each of you, looking back on a younger version of yourself, what conversation would you have with that person? I, mm, that's a tough question for me. Um, I honestly think that everything that I've endured and had to come across today was meant to be for me to be where I am today. I actually am fully um, secure and what's not confident, but like just okay with where I'm at in my journey right now. Um, for me, I guess one of the biggest things I would say is the truth that I had back then is not necessarily the truth that I have today. And the truth that I have in five years from now will be different than the truth I'm living today, which is okay. So I'm okay with keep updating, updating to, to the new, uh, information that comes in the new truths and new, um, where I'm at in my journey. It's, it's yeah. actually, I'm getting goosebumps now. It's just, it's so nice to be where I'm at and embrace that and welcome that. I fully agree with all of that. And um, just to go uh, one step further, um, I always tell myself that everything we're doing right now, we, we believe it's the best we can do. Like, like take yeah. this very conversation. I think this is as good as it, as it is and should be, right? I got a good yeah. mic here. I think everything looks good. I feel good. I'm confident with how this conversation is going. In three to five years, I'll probably look back on this episode and say, what in the world was I thinking? That's absolutely absurd. But that's life. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's evolution. Right. In the moment, as long as you're putting out your best and doing your best and progressing your best, it's perfect. I mean, the videos I did 10 and 12 years ago, I look back on them and I'm like, oh my God, like my hair was up to here, my outfit, the lighting, like, you know, the way I was talking. But in the moment, you're like, oh, I'm nailing it. Yeah. And then yeah. you just, you just grow and progress. I tell people, I say, do the best you can with where you're at in your journey. Just do the best you can. And that's okay. And you can yeah. still have tons of people with where you're at right now. You don't have to be fully healed or an expert. Just right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in three to five years, this episode will be um, humorous. It'll be <laughs> like, what were we thinking? Oh my goodness. But it's perfect now. Yes. We get it. And for you, Kim. For me. I wouldn't tell myself anything because I wouldn't bloody listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have listened to a word. And even if I told myself what to prepare for, I wouldn't have believed me. <laughs> not a word of it. Not a thing. Yeah. The only thing I would give myself advice, don't get that perm. Don't do it. <laughs> Probably would have done that anyway, too. I'd love to hear the answer to this question for each of you. What do you believe happens when it's all over, when our time here on Earth comes to an end? 
Yeah, for me, um, it's really simple because I've actually, when my dad crossed over in 2001 and then he started coming to me in 2004, 2005, I started actually asking him those questions. How does soul families work? How, do, how does reincarnation work? How does it happen when you transition between in being incarnated to, you know, and where do you go? And he explained, okay, well, you go to the astral realm back with your soul family and your soul family welcomes you back to, to the astral realm and, and that's what you do like you, it's just part of um, and then you evolve when you go back to the astral realm you you uh, go through a processing period at the beginning after you've incarnated because it you know it's pretty hard on your your system your beings so there's a processing period and then and then after that you're released to the general public like your your soul family and then you go through evolving and learning at, even when you're in the astral realm and then you reincarnate again like it's, it's, and then it happens over and over. You just reincarnate over and over. Um, so that's what I found to be my truth as of 2019. And that might change in five, 10 years from now. What do you tell people who fear death and the process? Is there anything to fear? Okay. I don't think, I don't feel there is, honestly. I mean, I've had, I feel like I've had insider information. I've actually seen what goes on. Um, I've actually talked to them. I've actually been, you know, I've even helped many of them. And I, I, I really don't think there's anything to fear. What we call the astral realm just seems like a practical term to us. But I think what other people call it is heaven. To them, it's mm -hmm. heaven. And because to them, heaven is being back with the people they knew, being back with the loved ones who've passed away, being someplace that is free of the, the challenges that we face here on earth you know, away from all of that stuff. And so, yeah, I guess that's an apt description for it. But for me, it's just a different place, but it isn't a different place. It's actually right where we are. So where we exist on the physical plane, all we're giving up is the physicality. Mm. And then we're still here. It literally overlaps. Right. We're interacting right over top of each other. We just can't necessarily interact the same way because we've gone from physicality to non-physicality. Hmm. Beautiful. I will leave you with this final question. Ken Lewicki, Kim Wirch, how would you each like to be remembered? For me, um, I would like to be remembered as somebody who is loving, compassionate, who helps the people um, my biggest model is to basically empower people i want to get you to a point where you can channel your guides without my help i want to get you to a point where you're so healthy that it affects your whole entire circle of influence not just for this generation for generations to come i want to basically be remembered as somebody who is pioneering the evolution and ascension of the planet and the you know that's like really my biggest mission in this lifetime is to really help evolve the species to be the healthiest version of themselves as a planet. Beautiful. Me, I'm going to keep people guessing. What the heck is she going to do next? Nobody <laughs> knows. <laughs> doesn't matter if it's this lifetime or the next one. <laughs> because she doesn't really even know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't actually know either. <laughs> I'm wondering just like everybody else. <laughs> I love it so much. I love you guys so much. Thank you for sharing this, for opening up, for being genuine, open, and honest, and for coming on the show. Absolute pleasure to have you both. Thank you, Josh. It was great. Thank you so much for this. Awesome. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in, whether it's right here to the live broadcast or 
you're listening in its native podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Leave us a review. I love hearing and reading your thoughts there. We're going to do another episode not too far behind. Thanks again for spending your time and tuning in. Until we do it again, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.